Well, I know there's many in church who um, get quite stressed when it comes to rugby. Many of us here I've spoken to and just find it very tense watching a rugby match. So much, well, it is tense anyway, isn't it? But some, it's just too much. And I know over the years I have spoken to people who, well, when they, um, when they watch the rugby, instead of watching it live, they will record it. And then they'll watch it when they know the result. Yeah, is anybody, is that true for anybody here this morning? Yeah, Phil, maybe. You, you, you don't want, because it's so tense, you want to know the end, you want to know the final result. And when you know that, you can watch with a bit more peace. Well, that can be similar, can't it, for us in life. We go through our life and we're thinking, I don't know how this is going to end. And things are so much, so hard and so overwhelming, it's just too much. But last time we were in Ephesians 1, we looked at verse 10. And in verse 10, it shows us that for those trusting in Jesus, there's a happy ending. Because Jesus is working all things together for his glory and his good, and you are safe there. You are on your way there. And the thing is this, we can sometimes think, well, that's all very well, but I don't feel like I can keep going. I don't know how much longer I can hold on. If that's the end that's for a Christian, am I going to make it? Am I going to get there? Things seem so hard and so tough and life just seems too much. Well, Paul in this letter wants to come alongside us as believers and say, look at where your trust is. Look at where you can be confident, not in yourself, but in Jesus. Just a reminder, we are looking at the book of Ephesians. There's a church in Ephesus or maybe churches in Ephesus in meeting in different homes and they were in a city that was a big reminder to them that other people worshipped other gods. There was a big temple, remember, of Artemis or Diana. And they came from all over the world to worship this goddess. And they would come there and they would do horrible things in that temple. But every day the Christians would be reminded of their old life because they used to go there too. They were reminded of their old life. They were reminded of their smallness. So many people were coming to worship this goddess. And so as they sat around, maybe in a small circle in their homes, as they met together, just a few of them, they would feel small, insignificant. They would feel the pull back to their old life. They would feel the temptation. And they were, they were struggling. Later on in this letter, Paul tells, says this in chapter 3, verse 13. He says, I ask you not to lose heart over what I'm suffering for you. Paul is in prison. It's possible that the Ephesians heard that and were worried. Well, if Paul's in prison, what does that mean for us? Are we going to end up in jail for trusting in Jesus? See, these were scared Christians. These were Christians feeling overwhelmed by life. And so they were thinking, it's all very well telling us that, you know, one day Jesus is going to fix everything and you can be part of that plan, but I don't know if I can keep going that far. I'm losing my grip, as it were. But Paul wants us to see this morning there is somewhere safer to be than thinking of your grip on God. It's actually, we need to think of God's hold on us. Paul, throughout this passage, has been telling us you are in Christ if you're trusting in Jesus. And he has got you. He can make you safe. So when we feel like these Ephesian believers, when we feel the pull back to our old life, as it were, we feel the temptations, when we feel small because of the size of those who hate Jesus and speak out against him, when we are struggling with our relationships, when we are struggling with our family troubles, when we are um, struggling with work and all the pressures that come with that, everything can seem so big, 
and we think, I can't keep going. Talk about getting to the end of life. I can't think of the end of this week. So Paul wants to tell us, and God's word wants to say something to to us this morning, and it's this. You are safe in Jesus. You are safe in Jesus. If you're trusting in him, you are secure. How can I be sure that I'll make it to the end? Well, there are four things and four reasons from this passage that we're going to look at. How can I be sure I'll make it to the end? Reason number one, the love of God the love of God. Look at verse 11 with me. In him we have obtained an inheritance, um, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. In him we have obtained an inheritance. Now, um, to understand that verse, we need to go back to the Old Testament. Because back in the Old Testament, Paul uses words that were used to translate the Old Testament here um, from there. And what he's getting at isn't so much that we have an inheritance, but that God has an inheritance, and his inheritance is his people. So in Psalm 33, it says this, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people whom he has chosen as a heritage, as an inheritance. Or in Deuteronomy 7, God says this, You are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for his treasured possession out of all the peoples of the earth uh, on the face of the earth. You are his treasured possession. You are his chosen inheritance. So the meaning of that verse, what Paul is getting across to us is this. God has chosen you to be his inheritance, his treasured possession. So it's not talking about our inheritance here. He does talk about that a bit later on in this passage. But here he's talking about God's inheritance and how we are God's chosen inheritance if we're trusting in Jesus. Now, as we're looking through these things, and as we're thinking about being safe in Jesus, you might be sitting there thinking, but I'm not a Christian. I don't believe this. Can I encourage you, as you look in this, and as you look on, see what you're rejecting. Because if you're not trusting in Jesus today, you're saying no to him. See what you're saying no to. Because as we look at this, I think you'll see it's better than you realize. And what's on offer here is actually something glorious that could be yours. So here, we're looking at how can we be safe in Jesus We're safe in Jesus because of the love of God. And the love of God is shown through this. He has chosen you to be his special inheritance. Now, this is such a humbling thought. God has chosen you to be his possession. You are treasured. If you're trusting in Jesus, you are his treasured inheritance. Now, think for a moment what an inheritance is and what difference that can make. Imagine you've got something that's been in your family for many generations and it's worth a lot of money and if you if you're honest it's worth more than anything you ever own anything else you own this one thing whatever it is is valuable okay so if you took it to be valued it was worth it'd be worth more of all your other possessions and if there was a fire in your house and you had to grab something this would be the thing you go for and maybe your family members as well but you know this would be the thing you go for because this is worth so much you know it is valuable It is of supreme value to you because you know how much it costs. Now, isn't it staggering to think that God owns everything in the universe? The stars, the planets, the universe is is all his. And he looks at you and you are his treasured possession. You are his special inheritance. 
God loves you that much. You are the most valuable thing to him. And to see how much you are to him and how much you're worth to him, how much did it cost you, cost him to save you? How much did it cost God to save you? We looked at it last week, didn't we? Redemption. What did he pay to set you free? God gave the most precious thing he had. We've thought about it already in our time of communion. He gave his himself. He gave his son. He stopped at nothing so that you could be his. Now let that truth sink deep into your heart this morning. Perhaps this morning you feel full of inferiority. You think everybody else is better than you. You think you're always trying to kind of make yourself worthy being accepted by others, and so you're striving, 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 and if you're honest, when you're on your own, nobody else there, you just feel like a rubbish failure. You feel like a nobody. Everybody else seems to be flying and, and be a success, and you feel like a nobody. Or maybe this morning, you look at your life, and it hasn't turned out as you hoped. You've let people down. People have let you down. Your life might feel full of shame and disappointment. Look this morning at how precious you are to God. You might feel like a nobody, a failure, but God looks at you as his most treasured possession. He gave everything so that you could be his. And don't push that off as something that's only true for other people. If you're trusting in Jesus, you are in Christ and you are God's chosen, special, treasured possession. Maybe you feel like you don't live up to the expectations of those around you. Maybe you don't live up to your family and friends' expectation. And again, you just feel a failure. Look at how precious you are to God. And when that truth starts to filter down into our life and it lifes and into our hearts, can you see how much of a transforming impact that could have? That means when somebody criticizes you, it's not the end of the world because you are treasured and you are loved by God. You can take criticism at face value and not let it kind of crush you because you are so concerned about what other people think about you. It means when you think nobody notices you. It means when you think nobody cares about you, God loves you dearly. You are loved by him. Maybe this morning you're trying to find your worth or your value in something in this world. Maybe you think you'll find your, work if you're success, your, your worth if you're successful in work, successful as a parent, successful with your grandchildren or in your finances or in the things that you have and you think that's how I'm going to find my success but those things all around us are uncertain and at any moment could be taken from us and that if we find our worth and our, uh, in things here in this world we will be um, constantly worried because that thing could be taken away from us we, our life will be fill, filled with insecurity and fear and anxiety because we're putting our trust in something else to make us feel worthwhile but this morning, look and find your worth at who you are in Christ. You are treasured. You are loved. You are his treasured inheritance. We need to pray that that would sink deep into our hearts, don't we? The love of God makes sure that God won't let you go. That's how safe you are, the love of God. How can I make sure I'll make it to the end? Because of God's deep love for you. Secondly, the second reason we can be sure we'll make it to the end is because of the sovereignty of God. So this God that we're looking at doesn't just love you and treasure you, and he isn't just distantly cheering on and saying, oh, I hope you make it. 
Now look what verse 11, the second half of verse 11 tells us. We have been predestined. That is, he has destined us to be somewhere. Where? Uh, he's destined us to be with him in glory. And how is he going to make sure? Because according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. The God who treasures you is the God who's in control of all of history. The God who, is in, uh, who loves you dearly is never caught off guard. Everything is part of his plan and he is never caught by surprise. Now he is working all things together into his grand plan. If we will something to happen, if we say, I really want this to happen, the truth is we can't guarantee it will, can we? We can put a big effort in, we can try our best, but sometimes things might, but if we're honest, we can't guarantee those things will happen. There's so many variables and things outside of our control. And again, looking back on these two years, don't they show us that? Life is too big. We can't plan for things. Things are outside of our control. But when God wills something, it happens. He is that powerful, that sovereign over all things. So God knows every single day in your life. And this verse shows us, another verse as well, he is working all things together for your good and his glory. Think of what Psalm 139 means. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as of yet there was none of them. Before all my days had started, God knew every one of them. That's what Psalm 139 is telling us. So that means this. Our lives aren't at the, at the hands, in the hands of an uncaring universe where anything can happen and it's just all about fate and luck. No, our hands and our life are in the hands of a sovereign God who is in control of all things. Now, as we think on that, that is going to bring a lot of questions to our mind, isn't it? Maybe you're in a tough time, a tough season, and you think, how can this be part of God's plan? I just, how? And there are hard questions to ask. However, when the Bible tells us about these things, it is, tells us, it always wants us to be encouraged by it. So not to ask questions that um, the Bible often doesn't answer. And so he is saying, look, what I want you to know is that this isn't outside of my control. There is a purpose to this. You're not just at the mercies of the universe and blind physical forces. No, I am working things together. And so even in the tough times, there can be a, 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 a kind of that thread of hope to know God is working this through. And I don't know what that looks like. I don't know what that means right now, but I can hold on to this. This hasn't taken God by surprise. See, this truth about God being in control of all things doesn't mean there won't be pain but it does mean there's a plan. It doesn't mean there won't be pain, but it does mean that there is a plan. God is working all things together and he is gonna make sure that you are gonna to get to the end. And he has worked it all out to make sure of that. Our salvation, see, isn't down to us and us holding on to God, but it is God and him holding on to us and controlling the whole of history to make sure we get to the end. That's how safe we are in Jesus. There have been a few times I remember with um, Thomas and Lily when they were younger, just walking down the road with them when they were quite small, and we'd hold hands, and they'd say, hold on to this, 
Um, and maybe it was an icy morning, or maybe they were just kind of struggling to walk, you know, just the toddler phase. And I'd hold their hand, and they'd kind of run down, they'd slip, and what would happen? Well, because I was holding on to them, because I was much bigger than them back then, I could just hold them. They would kind of dangle their legs, and I'd put them back on their feet, because they're so much smaller, you know, and you could just, they'd slip, and you'd say, oh, don't worry, I've got you. That's why, and what was holding them wasn't their grip on me, but I had them. I was so much bigger than them then. It's a bit different now. It doesn't work these days, but I was so much bigger. I could just hold them up and say, it's fine, I've got you. So their legs would go underneath them, say, fine, and put them down their seat, and they carry on. It wasn't their grip of me that was important, but my grip on them. And this truth is what we need to grasp. God is reminding us today in a much greater and more glorious way, even if you feel like you've lost grip. It doesn't matter because I've got you. Don't look at your strength and your grip. Look at my hold on you. I will get you to the end. Now rest in me. I promise to keep you. I'm working all of history out to make sure of it. Trust me. How can we be sure that we're going to get to the end? Because God loves you dearly. And because that same God is sovereign to, sovereignly in control of all things to make sure we'll get there. The love of God, the sovereignty of God. How can I be sure I'll get to the end? The third thing is this, the purpose of God. How can we be sure that we're going to be safe? Look at verse 12. So that we who are first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. He is saving people and rescuing people for, one, for, for this purpose, for his name to be praised and glorified. And if we missed it, Paul repeats it in verse 14, we're doing, he's doing this to the praise of his glory. That's why. Now, what does that mean? What is that getting at? Well, God is the most glorious, most beautiful being there is. He is the reason we exist. And he created us to enjoy the most glorious being that there is, himself. And he made us to be in relationship with him, to trust him, to love him, to enjoy him. So the best gift that God could give us, the greatest thing that he can share with us, is what? Himself. He wants us to know him, to love him, to praise him, to enjoy him. And as we see how great he is, we will give him the praise and the glory. So God is committed to making people see how glorious he is. God is committed for people to live for his praise and his glory. And part of that plan is to save and rescue you for the praise of his glory. So it's, if for us not to get there, for us not to get to the end, would be to the detriment of his praise and glory. So there's a lot at stake in getting us to be with him forever. Now imagine somebody who's maybe um, a woodworker, a, ma a master craftsman, and he is training up this, um, uh, this uh, apprentice. And he's wanting this apprentice to be able to make beautiful things like he can. And so this apprentice will make something, and, and some days he does something that's decent, other days he'll make some mistakes, but the, um, the, the master craftsman is there helping him and guiding him through all the way. Now, one day there comes a letter, and it is a posh letter, it is thick paper and it is from Buckingham Palace and Buckingham Palace is commissioning this master craftsman to make something for the Queen. Now in that moment who is going to take on that job? Is he going to give it to his apprentice? Is he going to give it to somebody who might make mistakes? No, my name is resting on this 
And so I'm going to make sure that this is made to the best of my ability because there's a lot at stake. I'm not going to take any chances. Well, it's a silly way of saying it, isn't it? But in a greater way. Do you see? God wants us to live and be saved for the praise of his glory. There is a lot at stake. He's not going to make any mistakes. He's not going to let you go. There is too much resting and relying on this. So he has got hold of you and he is doing this for the praise of his glory. That is the purpose. And so we're safe in it. He won't let you down. He won't uh, let you go because we're doing this and he's doing it for the praise of his glory. So the love of God is going to make sure that we get to glory because you are God's treasured possession. The sovereignty of God, he's working out the whole plan of history and he's going to make sure you get to the end. The purpose of God is he wants us to live for his glory and his praise. And the last thing that's going to make sure that we get to glory is the gift of God the gift of God, which is his Holy Spirit. We see that in verse 13. In him, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the Holy Spirit, who's a guarantee of our inheritance. So when you believed, you were sealed with something, with the Holy Spirit, and he guarantees our inheritance. God gives himself, he gives his spirit to dwell in each believer. And there's two words there that kind of say what um, the role of the Spirit or why we're given the Spirit. And the first you see that is we are sealed. The Holy Spirit is God's seal on us. Now, this is a word that was used in commerce back then, the, the Greek word used here, apparently. And um, people reading this in Ephesus would have been aware of it. And the idea was this. If you were a tradesman and you were putting some crates and boxes on a ship, and there were lots of boxes from lots of different tradesmen, how would you know which boxes were your, yours? Well, you would put your seal on the box. So you could look and say, well, that's my seal, that's my box. That is mine, and so I'm going to make sure it gets to the destination, but that is mine. Well, how did, does God make sure that we're going to get to our destination? He puts his seal on us. You're mine. And his seal is the Holy Spirit. You are mine and this is the promise. This is the assurance of it. I, I, I'm sure many of us have seen the film Toy Story in here. If you've seen Toy Story, you will know that it's about a boy called Andy who owns lots of toys. Okay, so if, you've heard, if you haven't seen Toy Story, you've probably heard of Buzz Lightyear or Woody. They're the characters in it. Now, these toys come to life when Andy's not looking. But what they have on each of, their, on each of them is a mark that they are Andy. So on the if you look at the bottom, and you can see these if you buy the toys, on the bottom of Buzz Lightyear's shoe, on the bottom of Woody's boot, is the name Andy. They are sealed because they're his. You know, maybe you've got name labels that you put on clothes. Um, or for children, they put them on clothes to so make sure they don't lose them in school, so that it says, this is this person's. So if somebody else takes it home, they go, oh, whoops, I've got the wrong jumper, and it ends up coming back to school, and you can get the right one. Sealed. I'm, I'm, it's, I am, you are mine, God says. And so the Holy Spirit, God is saying, I am putting my seal on you. You are mine. Something that will make sure that I know and you know that you are mine. So the Spirit of God that dwells within us is God's seal. You're mine and I'm yours. And the second word he uses, do you see in verse 14? This Holy Spirit, is a, he's a seal, but he's also a guarantee. That's another term from commerce, and it means a down payment. Maybe in your version, you've got deposit. The Holy Spirit is a deposit. 
What's a deposit? Well, if you want to buy something, say you want to buy a, a house, you have to pay something up front, don't you? You have to pay a chunk of it first so that you will then get the rest. Uh, you put a deposit down, a down payment. And that means the rest will be yours. Now, at the moment, if you remember, well, at least a few months ago, if you wanted to go out for food somewhere, you have to book. And the people were not turning up for their meals. Uh, and so um, restaurants and places where you went out to eat wanted to say, well, like, you need to pay some of your meal now. You need to pay a deposit. And we'll take that off the price of your meal. So you're paying for a bit of it. Why? To make sure that you would commit. To make sure that you would come and, um, and show that you're serious about going to that place for a meal. I'm paying some of it now. That's how serious I am. Well, in the same way, God wants to show us how serious he is about keeping you safe to the end. And how serious is he? He puts himself within our hearts. I'm with you every step of the way. I'm not just cheering you on saying, come on, come to the end. I'm with you every step of the way. He gives himself. Another way we might think of, um, uh, of um, a seal or a guarantee is a, an engagement ring. Well, in one sense, God is saying, here is the engagement ring, and I'm committed to you, and I will not let you down. Listen to how one commentator put it. The very life of the Trinity is placed on the line to guarantee that we will arrive in the new creation and appear with Jesus. The very life of the Trinity is on the line because he gives you his spirit. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the spirit is within us and will get us to the end. So the Spirit of God has given us a seal. You're mine. It's given us a down payment. I am serious about this. And I'm giving you a, a taster of the future right now. So we can know and experience something of, of that future now. In heaven, we'll be fully assured that God loves us. You know, there's times, aren't there? Maybe in a service or uh, times when you're reading the Bible or talking with another Christian. And you talk about God's love for you. And in those moments, the, the God by his Spirit just assures you of his love. You just know in that moment, I'm safe. He's got me. And they, they're wonderful, aren't they? And those moments come and then they go and, and then they come again and then they go. But in heaven, we will always know God's love for us. And in his kindness, he has given us a taster of that now. In heaven, there will be no sin. No more temptation, no more struggles, no more battling with sin. And so now we get a taster of that. God gives us his spirit to be able to say no to sin. You might think, yeah, I, but I fail though. We do fail, but doesn't it break our hearts? If the spirit wasn't in us, we wouldn't care. We wouldn't care that we go against God's ways. The love that we have for Jesus now, even if though it might feel faint and weak, is there as an evidence that the spirit of God is in us. The Father, Son, and Spirit loving one another in that glorious, in the glorious Godhead. We get the Spirit who is showing us Christ, and we get to experience something of that love. And so even though that love might feel weak and waning at times, there is a love there that we will experience in full in eternity. So can you see the safety that we have? It isn't down to us. God has done it all. It is because of his love for you. You are his treasured possession. He will keep hold of you. Because he is working out the whole of history and he's saying, look, I've got your hand and I'm in control of everything. He, the purpose of God is for the praise of his glory. There's too much at stake to let you go. And the gift he gives us is his Holy Spirit, which is a seal 
and a guarantee that we're going to be with him. Can you see how safe you are? Robert Murray McShane said, for every look at yourself, take 10 looks at Christ. This morning, the, the problem with that is we often do it the other way around, don't we? We look at ourselves and we think, well, I can't keep going. Life is too big and too scary. There's too much going on. I can't, I can't. But the point is here, God has got you. And underneath of the everlasting arms, he will not let you go. Rest in him today. There's a question I want to finish with. This is talking, this passage tells us that this is true for those in Christ. That means that there are those who are not in Christ, who are outside of Christ. How can you be in Christ if you're not? Well, notice it's not automatic. It's not something that's just um, everybody gets. No, you need to put your trust in him. But this morning, everything that we've looked at, everything we've looked at could be yours. You could be this safe to know that your future is guaranteed with Jesus forever. You could be sure that you are treasured and loved by God, that he is controlling the whole of history and making sure he's got you all the way. It can be yours. How? Well, look, we looked over this, but look at verse 13. How did the Ephesian believers trust? When you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed. That's the moment uh, that they kind of trusted in Jesus. Now, we know from earlier that they were, they've been, um, before the foundation of the world, God knew, and God rescued. But that was the moment they heard, they trusted, and then they knew we're in him. This morning, when you hear the message of truth, when you hear the good news that Jesus has died, that he has risen again, that he can be yours, that's all you have to do is put your trust in him. Hear that, trust in him, and then all of these things can be true for you. He died, he rose again, he went back to heaven, and one day he's coming back. Do you believe that he's done that for you? Maybe you're thinking, I'm not, am, I, am I trusting him, am I not? Do you believe that Jesus died and rose again? Do you believe that he did that for you? If your answer in your heart is yes, maybe you've got loads of other questions, but if you say, yes, I believe that, won't you turn to him and trust in him today? Won't you put your trust? And if you do, you can know that all of this, all the riches that we've looked up in, cha in chapter one are yours. And we are spiritually, as Christians, so rich. We are spiritual mil millionaires. In the moment today, you can put your trust in him. All this can be yours. It doesn't mean all our problems will go. It doesn't mean our struggles will go away. But it means through our struggles and through our pain, we've got somebody with us who will never let us down or never let us go. Trust in him today, please. Don't leave here without knowing for sure that he's yours. And if you're trusting, let's rest in the love that God has for us. We're on our way to glory. He won't let us go. And let's live our lives 100% full blast for him and for his glory. Let's pray together. Father, you are so kind and gracious to us. We deserve nothing and yet, and yet, we know we're on our way to glory because of what you've done. Lord, we know that if it was down to us, we wouldn't have a chance. But thank you that it's down to you and your power and your grace. We know that we can rest secure in you. So we thank you for this. In Jesus' name, amen.